All right. Today we've got Anthony Berger. Anthony, thank you so much for making the time. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. All right. Same question first. Always uh, refresh our memory. What were you doing before INSEAD and what have you been up to for the last 20 years? Yeah, before INSEAD, which is starting to feel like a long time ago, <laughs> I was, uh, I guess, in my own mind, chasing the dot-com dream. Uh, it was the thing to do in the late 90s and uh, maybe somewhat foolishly doing it in Toronto. So I was selling very expensive websites, um, which all probably could now be done for one hundredth of the price. Um, but that was a really fun time, a fun experience to go through. I worked for an early stage crypto company um, looking at digital currencies and privacy in 1999, um, slightly too early for that, um, and had realized I was um, not overly well suited to the tech industry due to my uh, complete lack of understanding of uh, what I was talking about. Um, it's only later in life that I realized that that was an impediment to absolutely nothing. But uh, at the yeah, time, that, that most of us wouldn't have gotten anywhere if we would have let that get in the way. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so at you, that age, so fresh out of school, you were you jumped into like a web builder selling selling uh, you know digital engagements to. Uh, Think at an undergrad first. I worked at like a video game company, and then I was at an IT. Uh, outsourcing company like doing tech solutions and stuff like that and then i got the, the crypto yeah a, a few different like you know what in my mind was moving towards the great glorious world of startups and worked there then when 2000 hit and that crash came and that world changed pretty dramatically and in some ways was better suited to me because they needed people to sell things uh, mm -hmm. which I did like doing and yeah, I went, uh, but it was, you know, tough times as you probably recall, like those were, it was a challenging environment in lots of industries, but certainly in tech 2001, 2002 was a rough, rough time. I mean, I vividly, the company I worked at right before in Seattle, which was a classic San Fran 90s startup, you know, fired 60% of the staff in one day. Uh, not too long before I came to school. It's a tough time. And and for people of our age, that I think that was our first uh, downturn. Uh, yeah. It seemed like things were, were going to be be good forever, and then you know two thousand two thousand one hit, and and we kind of got you know slapped in the face with reality, didn't we? Yeah, I have uh, vivid memories of uh, walking out of meetings, and you know it must have been on like Waterhouse or some early. E trade or something like that, and going out and trying to gamble on tech stocks. And um, yeah, suffice it to say, uh, that didn't work out so well. Yeah, I uh, remember remember that too. This seems like you're doing some foreshadowing into the the next part of the question. So, what what you've been up to for the last twenty years? Yeah, I mean, I came to INSEAD definitely with the idea and plan. Um, I don't know why, but uh, of going into markets and working in a bank or something like that and getting had you ever done that before or even known people who've done that did you just you just i knew a couple guys that did it and mm -hmm. it was at that point when i realized i didn't know uh i i deeply didn't understand what i was doing in technology uh and i would you know sell i guess now would be like 
they'd be digital agencies I was working on, really didn't understand. And finance, the, the, the stories I was getting from people in sales and trading and the jobs I later came to have was that uh, that was less of an issue, understanding. <laughs> um, and uh, that felt good to me. I kept hearing about like, you know, basic aptitude with high school math. I was like, fantastic. I have a basic aptitude with high school math. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I really wanted uh, to get uh, that those jobs coming out of INSEAD. And uh, I spent a good chunk of my time at INSEAD looking for those jobs um, without much success. It was a pretty difficult process. Um, and it was a tough time to be looking for that kind of job, right? It yeah, I think relatively speaking, it probably was. You know, I had sold websites. So a lot of people had backgrounds in finance, uh, which, you know, mm -hmm. one would think would be helpful. Less convinced of that now, but certainly uh, at the time it seemed. And yeah, it was, it was challenging. I mean, I, I made a lot of cold calls uh, from... We had that phone area in Seattle. I have like a vague memories of using the telephones in the school to like cold call banks and stuff like that. But yeah, I really wanted to do that. Um, uh, you know, at the final minutes uh, in Seattle, I think uh, someone I got hired at one of the banks, a bank that had repeatedly rejected me already. So I took great pride in that. And I, I think my greatest <laughs> pride in the last 20 years was actually the job search. Uh, I very, very, you know, I look back at, at it with great, fond, with great fondness. So tell us what the first job was. Oh, I worked at uh, J, JP Morgan in London on, um, uh, I guess it was a credit, like a derivatives desk where they had, you know, people running around selling all sorts of uh, fun stuff. Um, yeah, it was great. Like, I mean, it was a great to be right out of school. Uh, super fun job. Um, appealed to me in that it wasn't um, so hard. I mean, it was hard and, you know, it wasn't uh, hard. Like, you had to work 17 hours a day and, you know, come up with amazing ideas and all, all sorts of things that, you know, most jobs, like, are challenging. You know, you had to get in early and try and sell things and basic high school math. I, I loved it. It was a super fun time. Those of us who haven't worked in finance, myself included, don't really know what that means. What does it mean if you're, you're, you're working on a desk and you're selling stuff? I mean, those kind of jobs, like most of the, you know, listening to some of the uh, podcasts that you've done, you know, most of the people from our school have done what I would call like proper finance jobs, uh, private equity of operated businesses, added value, created things. I mean, that, you know, it's pretty impressive to see what people have done. Working on a sales and trading desk is a little bit different than that. It's not too dissimilar from, you know, the stockbroker you would see in the movie or that one might have dealt with in an earlier generation. It's a guy on the phone. Um, who's trying to sell you a stock or a bond or, as it turned out in my case, uh, you know, some fairly complicated uh, derivatives. Um, but it's, you know, it, it is that job. Um, 
you know, that like uh, you see in The Wolf of Wall Street or, or various movies. Like it's it, it's not that different from that. Um, and and it, it is actually selling. It, you're not order taking. You're going out to potential clients and convincing them to allocate some money to this thing that you've got. Oh, I think that might be some self-deception that I would have had at the time. I think it's probably 98% order taking, but you know, we like to tell ourselves stories. And uh, I certainly told myself lots about selling. I mean, it's a really fun job and uh, especially at a school. And what was great about that experience, and there's lots of negatives that come with it later, but what's great about that experience is that really right out of INSEAD, very quickly, you start in the framework of that world, getting real responsibility and real ownership of what you're doing, or you, you think you do, in the sense that mm-hmm. there isn't uh, an extensive internship program uh, where you go through X number of years of learning the ropes. They do throw grads into the deep end pretty quickly, and that's fun. Um, and my guess is, and let me know if I'm wrong, that, that uh, you know, a, a good percentage of them don't necessarily last that long. Uh, and the, f- the few that do are sort of, sort of you know, are, are handsomely rewarded or, or if, if I, you want to stay there, you can. I think it's uh, a lot of people leave because by choice. I don't think the, you know, it's not a particularly um, Darwinian industry um, where they're weeding people out. Actually, I, I would say, you know, the, the tolerance for mediocrity um, is, is pretty high <laughs> relative to certain industries and certainly relative to compensation levels. Um, but uh, a lot of people do leave because uh, it's not a job that appeals to everybody because it's, it's very fast paced. It's somewhat meaningless. Um, you know, people get into just the act of selling things, but which I enjoyed myself. But at the end of the day, you're not, there's no product. You're not building a business. You're not working towards something. You know, it's, um, you know, when I was interviewing at INSEAD, I think, I think one of the interviewers made a comment to me that, you know, in a derogatory way that I sounded like a used car salesman. And I took that as a compliment at the time. <laughs> and that is, but it's actually not even, at least with the car salesman, you're selling cars. I mean, I still couldn't <laughs> claim what I was selling uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for me, it was great. It, it really, like, I, I love those years out of INSEAD. It was a really fun time. And that industry and that setup really suited me. So it was great. Okay, how, long did you, how long did you spend at, at this at this job in this location? Because I think you bounced around a little since, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, that was, I moved, I stayed at Morgan and then one other bank for 10 years, but I moved around a lot. I was, I started off in London and then I got sent to Asia, which ended up being, uh, has been a big part of my life since. And then I was in New York and, you know, I was moving around a lot. And, you know, the banks are great for that uh, early on in your career that they move you around. And that really, as it does tons of people from INSEAD, uh, suited with what, what I wanted to do. So you can move products and you could move areas. And yeah, I, I think in my first five years out of INSEAD, I was like, you know, London three different times, New York, Hong Kong, Tokyo, uh, which was awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, great. It, it's it, fun. 
it was really fun. It was really fun. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of us in London as you know, we were all there right after school. And then I went to Tokyo and, you know, and New York, it, it was great that whole period. And then also, you know, that timing, basically the run up to 2008, uh, in that job, um, was pretty fun. And then of course there was an explosive crash at the end of it, but yeah, it was great. And like, when I think about, you know, the products I was selling, which were credit derivatives and CDOs, it was, we didn't realize we were sowing the seeds of financial destruction, but we were. Uh, and, oh, so you, you had know, like a, you, you, you played a small part in, in that whole, in that whole thing. You know, when you watch, um, the big short, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like a better looking version of Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. In, in that movie. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it, it is definitely true that London and I, you know, actually, I, I think I'd forgotten this, but in your interview with Pilar, she was talking about, she was involved with it even earlier. Uh, you know, London and the stuff, the desk I was sitting on was at the epicenter of a lot of massive problems that came about. It was more, I wasn't in real estate. I was in uh, credit and structured credit and CDOs and all that stuff. But absolutely the stuff I was looking at and involved in were the serious problems that Europe got into. Like, Hmm. you know, directly led to, you know, large scale financial distress within the European banking system uh, would have been that. If you can't answer this question, just say move on. But did you did you kind of know how how explosive or toxic this stuff was at the time, or or was it as much of a surprise to you as everybody else? And when this when this thing all blew up, I think it was a well understood. Um, I mean, certainly as it related to U.S. housing, it was extremely well understood um, that there were building problems in these areas and things had gotten to ridiculous levels um, and. That, you know, I think that was actually from the day I left in Seattle, that was well understood. But, um, and actually, even though I made reference to the movie Big Short, that's what they totally misrepresent. The problem was, is that, you know, fortunes had already been lost betting on that for years, and it's hard to time that things. You definitely knew um, that things were getting ridiculous. There was an article in The Economist about some of the products that we were creating, I think in 2007. You know, it was understood that having 30 uh, people at every single bank trying to, like, manufacture investment-grade products on a, on a spreadsheet wasn't going to end well. But, no, look, the timing was – it's impossible really, to, to know yeah, those to know things. know when it's all going to – yeah, yeah. And, and, all right. We, we, we're, I think we're still in 2008. I want to hear what you've been doing since then. Walk us through your, your jobs, your locations, your, 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 what what you've been up to. Sure. I guess, uh, yeah, I I stayed as a salesperson, I guess till 2012. I switched banks Mm -hmm. and I got to work at, uh, at Goldman Sachs in New York, which was fun. It was fun being in New York. And then like so many guys, uh, who work at banks, you know, the, the opportunity is to move to a hedge fund. So in that career path that I was on, you either stay at the bank, maybe, you know, try and move up or not. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a actually, it's a, it's a great career to have to keep going at the bank. But there was a, an interest in for me to move to a hedge fund. 
uh, especially after. And is this, uh, hold on, let me let me let me make sure for the for the for the layperson like myself, this is you've previously been selling to these people, yes. uh, these products, these banks, and you're like, you know, actually, I want to become one of these guys who who you know makes these decisions on how to allocate these funds, not just selling to those people. Is is that is that a fair? That is that is right. I wanted to move okay. to be one of my clients. Yeah. Okay. Even though I, when I say it out loud like that, I wonder why I wanted to do that. But yeah, that was definitely well, part, part of this is therapy. Uh, this this conversation. So, uh, so <laughs> exactly. you're welcome. Exactly. And yeah, that was um, that is the you know it's a big excitement, and it's not easy actually. You know, as a person who is selling things, you're not considered to be um, have the right experience normally to start mm-hmm. buying them. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, so that was not so easy for me to make that transition. And, uh, I was lucky that somebody was willing to hire me to do that, which was great. Um, I didn't really, I definitely fall like after 10 years, I had lost my love for what I'd been doing. And 2008 was a very difficult time to be working through the investment banks and you sure, sure. Real, realize some of that stuff. So, yeah, it was great to move on. But then, the, you know, part of that was moving back to Hong Kong, where I'd been based for a few of those years. I think it was in Hong Kong in like 07 and 08. Um, yes. So, yeah, I went back to work at a hedge fund in 2012. And that is what I've been doing ever since. Um, you know, I am for better for worse, been, you know, a finance journeyman, um, Willie Loman. Do you have a, uh, do you have a certain focus on, on, on kind of what area you invest in? What were your, what you, what you do? Or are you all over the place? Yeah, I were, I invest in like very idiosyncratic, like I invest in bonds, convertible bonds, derivatives, all like grand scheme of things pretty useless stuff like in the sense relative to like big investments and companies and i'm taking a you know these are the arbitrage guys that there's millions of us that are out there to try and correct market inefficiencies and bet on one thing versus another and i like it i really like it uh it's it's a fun job and it, it suits me well but you know it's it's different than guys who sit there and go I want to invest in Apple. I have a view on the tech ecosystem out ten years. Well, th- this is this is something that I've I've uh, I've not had a chance to uh, to speak to to many people who do what you do. And and sorry if this question seems cynical or 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 whatever the right word is. But what is it that differentiates you know what you do from just betting on black or red in in, in Las Vegas? You know, oh. like, how do you know if it's going to go up or down? Oh, I would say that differentiation is uh, is pretty tough to justify. Uh, I, 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 I would say, and certainly the ability of anybody to look at somebody like me and say, "Oh, this guy can effectively bet and win and beat the house odds." I still don't understand uh-huh. how the whole industry works. Like, yeah. you know, but, but you, you've you've still got a job, so obviously you're you're beating somebody enough to to you know keep to to keep to stay employed, right? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I'm beating the next guy who's uh-huh. betting on black and red. And so, I mean, I hope I'm beating. So there's some relative benchmarks you use against each other. But, you know, the, the whole hedge fund industry 
has a well the whole investment industry has some real struggles to like actually justify what they're doing. I mean, do I think that I come in every day and am I able to beat the odds? I do think that partially self-deception maybe, but you're, you're okay. You're being, you're being very modest and somewhat self-deprecating, which is appreciated, but presumably you spend a lot of time, you know, reading stuff. And if you're betting, if you're betting on a government bond or a company bond, you're getting smarter on that country or that company and you're deciding, and that helps you decide whether it's going to go up or down. Right. For sure. Like I, yeah, for sure. I'm, I do more quantitative analysis and for sure I'm thinking really hard and trying really hard on my individual mm -hmm. investments. And like, I feel very good about what I do. I mean, I specialize these days for a long time now in Asia investing, which comes with all sorts of fun stuff. I mean, it's a super fun place to invest. Uh, and it's definitely a very challenging environment. So yeah, I think I know what I'm doing and I'm able to make money, but you know, it is important to be humble about it. And it's an extremely difficult thing to, to say you do it consistently, you're able to beat the odds and stuff like that. Because we know that in aggregate, people are not beating the odds. Yeah, we, we uh, regression to the mean or whatever, whatever the right term is that, 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 you know, should come into play. But uh, yeah, uh -huh. I mean, look, there's a huge industry and, you know, I mean, literally, there are guys who are making billions of dollars on uh, doing this stuff. Um, and it, it's, I, I, you know, it's valid. Like, you know, people, the numbers are there in the sense of, you know, hedge funds make money for their investors and that can work. But it is a extremely, you know, challenging business from the point of view of like, um, does the industry really add value for people? That's a tougher question. But yes, I certainly do. Uh, clearly. But yeah, <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's cute that you care about that, but let's be honest, like what, what, what real value most of us are uh, actually adding here and I coming, mean, we're, we're, we're taking care of our families. We're, we're taking care of ourselves. That's, that's a, but, but uh, yeah. Well, I can certainly, I can certainly say I understand what I'm doing a lot better than when I was selling websites before INSEAD because that I really <laughs> didn't understand. Uh, so at least this I have some basic understanding of. But yeah, look, it, it's a tough, uh, it's it's a super fun job to have, like, you know, but it's, um, you know, we're not, uh, we're not creating, uh, creating, we're not building bridges, let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, last question, two-parter. Is there anything that we as the community can do um, for you professionally, personally, and, and vice versa? Anything you're, uh, you're able to, uh, to offer to us? Well, I'm in the process of moving back to London, so I'm really looking forward to reconnecting with people there. Uh, I've done that a little bit, but I'm really looking forward to doing more of that um you know my wife and new baby and i are moving to london so it'd be great to meet people um and yeah for you know chat with another uh fellow in seattle's kid the other day about working in markets and stuff like that um so i'm certainly happy to help dissuade your people's children uh <laughs> from that unless they happen to you know 
have a certain aptitude for high school math and don't want to work too hard, <laughs> in which case it might be a great career to follow in my footsteps. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm happy to be helpful for that. Uh, uh, selfishly, I was hoping you were going to bring up your place in Mexico and say it's just always available and doors are open if anybody wants to uh, wants to come through and you know stay for free for a while. That that is definitely a true. Actually, that's the real story of what I was doing before INSEAD. Is I was lying in Puerto Escondido, and that's probably the better investment I did was buying that beachfront. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> anybody wants to come the extent down, that you can. Good. To the extent that you could actually own on the coast in Mexico, but that's a whole other story. That's a whole. That's a. We'll, we'll do a second podcast on. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on uh, Mexican SPVs. Uh, thank you for making the time. It was great to finally uh, finally catch up and and hear what you've been up to. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. It's great. Ciao.